Our New Testament reading is from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. It's the opening ten verses of the second chapter. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. And our Old Testament reading is from Psalms. This morning, the 70th Psalm. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire to hurt me. Let those who say, aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. But I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Many years ago now, when I was just starting my seminary journey as an inquirer, an undeclared, non-degree-seeking student of the Bible, I recall a course that our dean himself taught. It was called The Christian Life. It was on a wide range of topics around that issue, very preliminary, foundational stuff for those who were studying at 
seminary. One of our assignments in that class was to write a series of papers. I was five or six, I don't recall, about our favorite songs. And this was, as far as I can remember, the first in-depth look that I had at that collection. Of course, I had been to my share of funerals, so I was pretty familiar with the words of the 23rd Psalm. But most of the rest of that book was fairly new ground for me. And this despite the fact that I had had since I was a child a, a pocket copy of the New Testament with the Psalms. Now, I had thought that it was a rather unusual appendix to appear in my Bible, but as I hopefully gained some maturity in the faith, I can see the wisdom on the part of the editors and the publishers of that abridged edition of Scripture. In the New Testament, Jesus and his followers are often heard praying or alluding to passages from the book of Psalms. It's been called the prayer book of the Bible. There are words in this collection which are appropriate for a whole array of life's moments. As we hear these ancient words that come to us from a different time, from a different place, from a different experience altogether, they have nonetheless a timeless quality about them, an uncanny ability to connect with that which we are experiencing in our own day. And that's why, as I was looking through the variety of texts that were recommended for use in worship today by the Revised Common Lectionary, I was particularly drawn to these words, for they seem to be speaking right into the middle of where we see ourselves at the moment. We are now in the penultimate month of 2020. We are in the midst of a remarkably close and contentious presidential election that has dragged on and on and on. We are in the midst of a raging pandemic. We are in the midst of restrictions on our freedom of movement, on our freedom of assembly, on our freedom of worship. In the middle of all this, this text from the psalmist lands a prayer of petition to the Lord God that begins with the phrase, Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. And it concludes with the words, I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Wow. I couldn't have said it any better myself. In fact, I don't think anybody could have said it any better than that. That hits the nail right on the head. When life gets as crazy as it is for us in the present, we can find ourselves confused and disoriented and adrift, despairing. 
I can only imagine that this is a part of human nature that dates back as far as the scriptural record itself. But that same record serves as a testimony to us concerning the constancy of God. He is present in all times, in all places, in all circumstances, with and for his children. Turn aside, the psalmist pleads, all those who want to do me harm in word and in deed. Protect me, O Lord, for I can't do this on my own. Maybe the same thought has popped into your head a time or two. I can't do this on my own, O God. And truer words were never spoken. This acknowledgement of the human condition, which comes out of a time of trial, holds true in a time of plenty also, though it's harder to see it or to admit it then, perhaps. But the truth remains, we cannot do this on our own. There's too much going on. There's too many plates we're trying to keep spinning. Too many balls that we want to keep up in the air. We need help. As the psalmist elsewhere says, where does my help come from? The answer which follows is my help comes from the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and the maker of earth and of everything that exists therein, including you and including me. He alone has the power to defend us from all our foes, even the foes of sin and death, as he has wondrously now shown us through and in Christ Jesus, the Son. God is great, cries the psalmist, and we can join along in the refrain, God is great. I find it helpful to try to focus on this fact. Although there's plenty of noise being generated in this world, if I can manage to turn down the external volume just a bit long enough to hear again these words of comfort, these words of hope. There are many places that one could have turned to when in need of comfort during the day of the psalmist, just as there are many places that one can turn to when in need of comfort during these days. I saw a news report the other day. It cited data based on the internet search habits of online users during the first half of this past week. It seems that searches for fries near me, as in French fries, reached an all-time high. So, too, did the phrase liquor stores near me. Also trending upward were searches for information about which states had made marijuana legal for recreational use. And so, too, was the search phrase moving to Canada. Now, it didn't indicate the political affiliation of those who were searching on any of these terms. But because our border is closed, Americans can't get to Canada for the time being. So those results will have to be held in confidence for a while. My point is, 
Whether it is calories, whether it is chemicals, whether it is country hopping, the evidence supports the fact that there are indeed many places that one can turn when one needs comfort, as apparently so many people needed Tuesday night and beyond. Now, on a positive note in all of this, though the data is as of yet incomplete, uh, the search phrase, churches near me, seems also to have been trending higher, though nowhere near the extent to which the other topics mentioned had reached. In this day, there are probably more places than ever where one can turn as the information age and the advances in communications technology have opened up to people a global marketplace of products and providers that are happy to peddle to the consumer who is after just the right place to turn or just the right place to go to find the thing they most need in a time of need. Honestly, though, every time is a time of need, isn't it? And God is the one-stop shop for freely giving us everything we need at all times. The Apostle Paul reminds his brothers and sisters in Christ that the work with which is happening within us, through us, God is able to abundantly accomplish far more than we could ever ask or that we could even Imagine, we have already been gifted all of this. What more could we want? What more do we need? Why don't we then simply turn to and lean upon the everlasting arms of power, of truth, of victory? God alone is faithful and is the only one who is our true help in time of plenty and in time of want. He is our advocate, our comforter, our sword, and our shield. As those who we honor this day have at one time or another given of themselves in service to a people, God has made covenant with his creation to be their God, to always serve and defend them. The psalmist is recalling the promises and the nature of God in these verses from the 70th Psalm, and in that remembrance is a source of strength for the author, just as it may be for us too. You have done these great things before in the life of your people, O oh God, so why don't you just go ahead and do it again for us? Be pleased, O oh God, to deliver us. O oh Lord, make haste to help us. We, too, are weary. We, too, are anxious. We, too, are disturbed by events in our world. We, too, need some reminding that there is meaning, that there is purpose, that there is something truly wonderful over the horizon, something which we can't fully comprehend and that we can only just 
vaguely sense at the moment. A bit like the past few mornings here at Rehoboth. Here we are in the midst of a stunningly beautiful Indian summer. The unusually mild temps have made for a a pretty heavy fog bank over the coast, over the bay, and over the river the past few mornings, and I have watched in wonder as the dawn has been delayed. The ways in which the color of the eastern sky have been replaced with a monochrome palette that slowly gets less and less dim every morning. Sometimes at first light, I haven't been able even to see the church from the manse, but I know she's here. That's the same sort of sure and certain hope that we have in God, in His eternal presence, in His eternal goodness. It is what we long to see as the fog of this world slowly but inevitably begins to burn off. So we join our voices alongside that of the psalmist, crying out for a God that we know, a God whom we know is near, a God whom we know hears his people. You are our help and our deliverer, O Lord. Do not delay. Hasten to us, O God. Throughout Scripture, and again poignantly here in the 70th Psalm, we are reminded that among his people, those who seek out, those who speak out, shall rejoice and be glad in him. And for that we can truly say, thanks be to God and amen.